Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast of the best shows on TV, and I'm Cash. And I'm Larissa. And here we go for the last time for this season, heading back to Litchfield for Orange is the New Black. Whew. Oh, man. <laughs> pretty, pretty heavy heart, uh, at least on my end. I don't know about yours. No, I, uh, you know, I just read, a, I, I watched it a while ago, you know, so I just read the plots and analysis again, and I kept remembering all the sad things that happened in the final four episodes and it's just killing me oh I yeah believe... it's it's a rough uh, season ender that's for sure yeah it wasn't really the easiest way to end this like doing this as the last four episodes is going to be difficult because there's so much stuff like it just kind of snowballed like one little thing happened like uh block getting up on the table and then it just kept rolling downhill and it got worse and worse as the season went on. And it got bad for everybody. You know, obviously most notably bad for Pusey, rest in peace, crying forever. But, um, you know, there were a lot of other characters that ended up exactly where they didn't want to be or had unfair things happen to them. And it just, it was just like, rock bottom meet rock bottom meet rock bottom yeah i don't really think anyone is coming out on top with their hands in the air even judy king is in a little bit of a predicament at this point and so it was interesting to see how one event just ruined everything for everybody i guess we can say the only people are the guards who are now even in a bad spot i don't think anybody is scot-free at this point (laughs) no well uh Man, so much is going on. Where, where do you think you want to start? Like, I mean, we've well, kind of been breaking you down. you said that it all started, you so, know, with uh, so yeah, let's just getting on the table. Start right back with episode 10, where we I personally didn't think that him putting his Stratman, who put her on the table, I didn't think that that was going to be a good idea because she has more resolve than anyone else on the show. I mean, I think the only person who might have been on equal for as a bad of idea to put it on that table would have been Sophia. Yeah, that's fair. And Especially since uh, Sophia's definitely been fighting this whole season. But I think Sophia would have cracked in a different way. I don't think she would have just stayed there. I think she would have started some other kind of movement or just gotten off the table. Whereas Blanca is just going to stay here until the end of time. Flores. Flores. Why did I say? No. Blanca. It's yeah. similar. No, she's a. Uh, is it Flores? Flaca is teardrop. Oh yes, that's right, Flores. Okay, I apologize, but Flores was the absolute worst pick here, and even Chapman ends up getting up on the table for about thirty seconds. You're right. I mean, it was a little under her. Uh, her standing with Flores was a little underscored by the uh discovery made in the garden but i mean she was there for at least a night do you think so yeah oh yeah falling asleep okay yeah she was there she was there for a little bit of time but i loved how as soon as she got on the table she had to pee and it was just like well this was immediately the worst decision i've ever made 
Yeah, she looks at she looks at Flores and she's like, "What do you do when you have to pee?" And she's like, "You go." Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's kind of obvious if you look at her pants and it's just like, mm, "Those have got to be nice and comfortable at this oh, point in time." God. Oh no. And but were you surprised to see how much the uh, head CEO? For some reason, I'm blanking on names right now. Piscatella. Uh, Piscatella. How quickly he came to bat for his guard. No, um, I think that it was kind of ramping up all season. He clearly had no respect for Caputo, even though he uh, was polite towards him. And uh, like he he's kind always of made kind it... of defended his men. And, you know, we have that moment where Stratman makes that decision and he said, I'm going to back you. Yeah. You know, no matter what. So I think he's going to defend his men, even if he knows they're not making the right choices. Now, I don't know what he would have necessarily done when he found out about Humphrey causing fights. Obviously nothing, because he didn't didn't seem to bother him one bit. Because we have come to find out that he does not view these inmates in any shape or form as human beings at this point in time. No, he doesn't. But the also interesting little bit of information, which I hope we learn more about, you know, when Caputo threatens him after he found out about the fights, he was like done with Piscatella's shit. And he's like, hey, I know why you got transferred here. I know what happened at Men's Max. Well, I mean, I, I think it's going to have something to do with having sex with the inmates in some shape, way, or form. I mean, I would also assume that. Um, that's obviously, I think, what everybody's thinking. It's just interesting that he would see any prisoner as any sort of human. Well, I think what happened was an inmate raped him, and then he just lost his rocker. You know, oh, they I found. Don't think that. Yeah, I, I think, think if anything, he raped an inmate. I think they found out he was gay, and they took advantage of that. And because, like he said, when he was investigating uh, Red, he was talking about, you know, your kind of criminal is the one I hate the most, the one that kind of that tries to befriend you, make you like them, get to know them as a person, and then they continue to beat you under the ground. You know, the criminal that hates you right off the bat, that's the kind of criminal I respect. And I think that was talking about his past. Like, he fell for an inmate. And then... I didn't catch that, but that's clever. I think that's that sounds correct. Yeah, and I think that they took advantage of him, and then that's when... He did something bad. He crossed the line. Now, I don't know if he ended up sexually assaulting the inmate, killing them, beating them beyond a pole. I, I don't know. But I think we'll find out. Because I don't think that Caputo is going to have a choice but to reveal this information to get rid, get rid of Piscatella. Or use it against him just to keep controlling him. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting because Piscatella has made... Caputo in this way to where he doesn't respect him you know he's always like no 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 no, be hands off I've got this don't worry about anything I do down here so he kept pushing him away and now it's gotten to a point to where he doesn't respect him so like he's kind of made Caputo into the kind of boss that he wanted or didn't want I don't know well I don't think he ever respected Caputo um even when he came in at the beginning of the season he was like I said very polite to Caputo, um, I think there was still that note of, you don't know what you're doing, I'm going to take it from here. Well, I don't think it was that he didn't respect him early on. I think it was just he was getting a feel for him or seeing how much, trying to find his leash, necessarily. 
Because I think he wanted to respect Caputo. I just don't know what ended up happening. Well, he's he's a very internal character. It's kind of hard to gauge what he's actually thinking or wanting. Yeah, because, I mean, he was a reasonable uh, CO until, or captain until literally the 10th episode. Like, I mean, I was rooting for him. I didn't see him being that bad of a guy or anything. But as soon as Flores was on this table, something switched. You know, he became, these are no longer human beings. I think he kind of always felt that way, probably based upon, like, prior experience, like you said. Yeah. It was just he wasn't pushed to being angry and losing his composure. Because I think the worst thing for him, per, like, personally, is to feel as if he's lost his composure. And, and I think through that way, he feels like he's lost some power. Well, no, I guess I I couldn't understand what the switching point is, but I, now thinking about it as we've said this, it was pretty much the guard being dead. It was as soon as the guard was found dead, he switched. He flipped, and he was on full tilt from there ever since. And that makes sense. For some yeah. reason, I couldn't connect that until literally right now. Right this second. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't... Do we want to just jump straight into that? Yeah, I mean, like, I I thought that that was a great moment. Um, well, I mean, season 8 ended with... Or not season 8, episode 10. Was it 10? Yeah. Ended yeah. with um, them realizing that construction needed to change. And we were like, oh no, this is not good. They're going to go through the garden, they're going to find the body. Yeah, and Piscatello's like, well, you know, Caputo can't be found. I'm making the decision. I'll give you the go-ahead. Go through the garden. And then it just starts with the tractor or whatever that kind of uh, machine is going right down the garden. I was like, oh no, we're done. It's over. Yeah, like worst case scenario. And then as soon as the next episode starts up, yep. And how about our favorite construction worker completely losing his cool? I mean, Mr. Sexy lost some sexy, I have to say. Just a little bit or pretty much all of it? Pretty much all of it. I mean, it's just an arm. Why yeah. are you throwing up? Like dangling. <laughs> like, I mean, come on. If you can't handle an arm dangling from some uh, work equipment, what, what good are you? I mean, Frida killed four men in a year. Like, yeah. come on. She's got more stones than you. I mean, she was over there hacking pieces. She She's done so much she forgot what she's confessed to and what she hasn't confessed to. Right. And, and it's so great because, you know, when, when they find the body, you think that things can't get worse. Oh, man. <laughs> and then it just, it just keeps getting worse every episode. And even with this one, like, you know, everybody gets to get off the table for the time being because, you know, they've got everyone in yeah. lockdown. But that just kind of stirs up some more, especially resentment between, like, you know, all the groups in the prison start to decide that maybe they want to speak out against the COs because of how the COs start treating people when they're trying to find out who killed the guard. Yeah, and I loved uh, Flores and Chapman just standing there on the table like, do we get down? And like, the, they're look at, the officers are looking at each other like, do, do we let them down? Do they stay up there? Oh, man. This is unprecedented. Yeah, and they let them down, which I thought was also another mistake because then you can't put them back on the table. Like, that punishment's over. Nobody puts baby on the table. <laughs> but, and that this really was the beginning of the end for how this season was going to bubble over. Yeah. Because we start having, you know, these these interviews happen. Well, before we jump back to the interviews, I think we need to go back 
into episode nine a little bit or episode 10 a little bit and talk about some of the other things that were going on. So many things are going on. (laughs) And one of the big things was we got a couple different backstories and I know some, I know 11 or was it 10 where we got a crazy eyes backstory. I'm not sure because, you know, they've been very inconsistent with flashbacks this season, Mm -hmm. so it's kind of hard to chart which episodes even had them. Yeah, but we start to get Crazy Eyes backstory in this, within these four episodes, and I've got to say, this is probably the most heartbreaking backstory that we've gotten. It just, it it fit her. It fit her perfectly. I know that sounds terrible, but it's like, that would be what happened. And, like... Because I don't know about you, but I was always curious about what she did. And, like, even at the beginning of the season, she was like, some of us have done bad things. And she was clearly talking about herself. And we're like, man, what horrible thing could Crazy Eyes have done? I figured she snapped. Because, you know, we've seen, we've now, after the last few episodes, we've seen her snap twice. Well, even back in season one, when she was defending Chapman against Pensatucky, like, she snaps. Like, we knew she had a violent side. And so, like, the only thing that I could have thought was maybe assault, but this was so much worse. So much worse. And, I mean, she had been, when she got employee of the month, you know, these kids. Her, she had a good relationship with her sister. Well, she had a well, relationship good, with her. Gooder, gooder, gooder. Wow. Wow. As good of Better. a relationship. <laughs> it was before. She had as good of a relationship with her sister as she could have had. Yes. And, I mean, you immediately feel for her sister, like, man, of course she wants to get away for a weekend. Like, come on. This is obvious. And I mean, who, who wouldn't? And her boyfriend was very nice, because usually they'll go the, like, you know, asshole boyfriend trying to split up family route. But yeah. he was, like, an eminently reasonable man. Like, nothing in this situation was like, well, okay, you know, this is going to be bad. But then she goes to the park. She sees a kid she recognizes, and then it was just like, do you like ice cream? And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, exactly. I was like, oh, God, kidnapping is about to happen. Yeah, I mean, I thought she was going to jail for kidnapping, and, you know, that was the end of the story. But, no, it was still so much worse. It had to just get so much worse, especially because, like, I don't know if they, like, when she, when she pushes him off there's like this gust of air and it blows the cape she's wearing Mm -hmm. and it's just so morbid well she didn't even push him off did she She, i mean i don't think she touched him well i mean he was running from her yeah okay but it looked like she pushed they shot it in such a way that it looked like she did even though we know she didn't yeah just because her hands were reaching out so oh man and it just lingered it just lingered on an empty empty uh fire escape and i was just like my god and i mean it was brave of them to kind of go for that subject matter because it's i know this sounds terrible but it's hard to kill kids on tv <laughs> I, I hope so it, it shouldn't you know? be it shouldn't really be an easy thing you know ah, we haven't killed a kid in a few episodes yeah let's throw one in there well there's a lot of rules about how you can kill women and children and in what ways and what you can and can't do. So much for equality. I know. Like, for example, in, you know, The Walking Dead, in the first bit, a kid goes zombie and gets shot. I'm not giving anything away. A kid goes zombie and gets shot, but it was, and they were shot in the head, and I remember thinking, oh, wow, I've never, on cable? Yeah. (laughs) And looked it up, and it's like, well, if they're, you know, not 
human, human they can be shot in the face like, oh my god but, i mean that explains a lot about what the walking dead does yeah that's how they get away with a lot of their deaths because they're not human but Either way, I think this one got away with it, obviously, because we didn't actually see, see. any violence befall. Before. Or hear anything, really. Like, I don't remember hearing him splat into the concrete. No, we definitely didn't hear that. They, they would have gotten in trouble for that. Yeah. So, and I mean, man, and I'm assuming she was just arrested and she's put in jail for murder. Even though it's hard to say that this was, like, how did she end up in prison? Like, how is that not straight psych? I mean, that's kind of what I've been wondering, especially since, you know, there is a worry by uh, some of her friends later in the episodes about, like, her being sent to psych for mm -hmm. what she's done. And I think this is kind of what we've been talking about, where you see women with legitimate mental issues falling through the cracks because it's more expensive to have people in psych than to have them in general population. Oh, well, I mean, I think it's like a third of people in prison are actually just people who need to be in psych. Yeah. And she obviously does. Yes. But from what we see of psych, you don't want to be in there. We see of it, it's not going to help anyone. Oh, man. But let's jump on over to psych or the oh. person character that is sent to psych in Lolly. So sad such a devastating thing because she'd completely forgotten or thought it was make-believe that she ended up killing this person. You know, she had yeah. convinced herself and Healy had convinced her and Alex and Red and Freda had convinced her that she didn't kill him. And technically she didn't. Technically she didn't. But, you know, she goes up to Alex and Alex is not in a good mental state no. because of them discovering the body. And so she should have told her she didn't kill him. But, you know, when Lolly comes up and says, like, did that happen? I don't know what's real. Alex she is like, says, yeah, that happened. We killed someone. But she was like, it was okay because you were saving me. Like, it was self-defense. Like, it, you did the right thing. And, and then, you know, later when Healy finds out what happens and comes and gets. Well, and finds out that's in the garden, he immediately knew that Lolly did it. Because she had said that to him. And, you know, like I had said before... Healy just wanted so badly to either be right about someone or feel like he'd been successful that he just completely ignored it yeah. and thought it was psychosis. And then once he, you know, realizes he couldn't help someone and turns her over to psych, he feels like he's completely failed and it breaks him. Well, I mean, everyone knew that she was paranoid. And so it was okay for him to easily write off her saying that she killed a guard. You know, because no one knew, there was no register of this guard because obviously he was a hitman and stuff. He came in through the cracks perfectly. And so they didn't see a guard missing. And so it was easy for him to just write it off and just say. I mean, it's true, but, you know, once once he realized that it wasn't, like, oh, you yeah. know, see his character disintegrate. Oh, no, I, I'm absolutely agreeing with that. I was just saying, like, how easy it was to write it off just because... She was so paranoid and it was well documented more than anything else because it did break him. I can I can I can agree with I could agree with you completely if it wasn't Healy. Yeah. Like because Healy is so obsessed with just wanting to help that one person. Yes, because he couldn't help his mother. Obviously, and, well, he didn't know who his mother was apparently. 
I know, God, that was that was rough too. But you know when, so speaking of Healy, you know before we get back into Lolly, you know we have these moments with him where he doesn't want to go back to work. You know he's feeling defeated. He doesn't like his job, um, and then he almost kills himself. Mm-hmm. He leaves that voicemail for his awful, awful wife, and um, and it was beautiful. You know, I have to say, it actually was really beautiful, and we get kind of those vignettes of couples together, and uh, it's just going to be so sad coming up, so it's like, ugh. And then he walks into the water, gets a call, thinks it's her, and it turns out to be work, and then it just gets so much worse for him. I didn't think he was going to pick it up. Me neither. I really didn't, because, I mean, he let it go to voicemail when he was getting the ice cream, and he yeah. was just kind of enjoying life, and as soon, I thought he was just going to drop it, right, walk right back into the water. I thought that he was going to kill himself and they would never find out about what had actually happened. Yeah. And then he didn't. And I knew, I knew where it was going and it was just so, you no one prepares you for just like that, that one take of him taking Wally there and she slowly realizes what's going on, what's going on. And, and the horrible part about it is when he goes and gets her in the time machine, when they're looking for her, She's so open and honest with him because she doesn't know any other way. She's just like, oh, you know, everybody's looking for me. They're mad at me because I killed that man. Yeah. And. Just confesses right there and only sees Healy. And I'm just like, oh, man, lolly, 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 lolly. And then you have, you know, that scene where most of the time, you know, you'd have scenes like that overscored with like sad music. Mm hmm. And that makes you sad, but it also takes some of the tension out of it. And yeah. with this one, you know, you just see Healy behind the bars, and all you hear is that woman screaming. So many. And you hear Lolly, like, get me out, and just... There there was nothing good. Like, I, I sunk a little bit, to be honest with you. The sound design on that part was just immaculate at making you feel as uncomfortable and just small yeah. as possible. I think that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. But let me ask you this. How did Alex get away from this scot-free? Because, I mean, how is she not implicated in this at all? I thought about that, and my opinion on that is that they wanted to cover it up as quickly as they could. And so uh, just, MCC liked that they had someone that they could blame, yeah. that someone someone who did it, and done. You know, I can see that. later proved when... They're trying to handle, you know, what happens to Poussey, and they're just trying to find a spin to get rid of it as fast as possible. So, like, they had their culprit. Why keep digging? Okay. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll completely agree with that. That makes, honestly, that makes perfect sense for MCC and everything. Huh. Yeah, especially, you know, when, you know, they don't care. <laughs> no, they have no care. They As long as it doesn't hurt the bottom line. And because, I mean, that's something they can easily just keep sweeping under the rug because no one even knows about it. And we know, obviously, that MCC had some handling in telling at least the COs to back off because, you know, during the interviews and stuff, Piscatella, like, he wouldn't let Red sleep. He thought he had her pinned. He had those keys. Yeah. And she gets let go. And so that just furthers your point of MCC just wants this as quietly and done as quickly as possible. Exactly. So that's why I think 
that they're going to get away with it. Yeah. Now, Alex did try to get caught with all those little little notes, but we'll get there. Yeah, we will get there. But you brought up the interviews, and did you find it interesting, the list of people that they brought in? Um, I thought it was very telling that they picked two people with histories of mental illness. Mm-hmm. Suzanne and Maureen, so obviously, you know, violent offenders. Yeah, but I mean, then again, I don't know really how you bring in Suzanne, because besides that, nothing on her report would say that she would kill a guard. But it still said that she killed a child. What is, now, whether or not that actually happened, yeah, you know, so they're probably like, well, she's capable of anything. But it comes back to what did Free... <laughs> Freya or Frida's uh, file say that she didn't get called in. You know, oh, I know, I know, I know. It's like I feel like they only caught her for like one murder. And so, well, because she was in Max, so I mean, she had to be. It made no sense that they didn't bring her in, and I know they just wanted to do that just because it was too obvious, and they wanted Red, and there was redundant to bring both of them in, but. Well, I feel like Piscatella handpicked. Red. Red. Because, you know, he said, I see you as, like, a leader and stuff like that. And then he starts threatening her. He's like, they found four bodies in your freezer. Mm -hmm. I have no idea how you're not in Max. And even though she didn't kill any of them, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, he... I think he almost broke Red. She was on the verge of being broken. It was close. Only because, like, once he found the keys, I was like... Fuck, she's she's toast. Yeah. But I knew it was going to get pinned on Lolly. I knew it. I just <sighs> She was the most she was the character easily most replaceable. And Especially this season. Do you do you see Lolly ever coming back on the show? Or do you think she's gone for good? I think she's gone, but if she ever did come back, I think it, she would be I mean, I don't, think, I don't see her She's being much different. She's kind of like a sympathy appearance because she'd be really sad. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't see her being much different after time in sight. I mean, she might be worse, but... And we did find out that Max is just kind of right down the hill. I mean, they just said down the hill over and over again. They made it seem like it was a very close relation. So I guess it really is. It's like right there. Which is odd. I don't know how I feel about that. How big is this compound? That's my question. We, you know, we do not know. And then we, we have so many other things. The movie night. I mean, the, from here, this point on, the race relations were awful. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could feel them bubbling up over and over again. But before that, you know, we had, uh, was it Maurizia? Yes. Faka's friend? Yeah. You know, she's sitting there, like, she is completely broken just a shell of herself and i'm sorry for that we i keep using the word broken but that's essentially what's happened to all of these characters they're just shells of their former selves i think we're all a little broken after this season (laughs) i mean by the end of it yes definitely but i mean you know even flock is over there like what's going on you know you're not yourself she's like oh it's just my time we're synced and i was just i I got a real good laugh out of that that made me laugh yeah because it's it's true and uh she's just she tries to explain to her what he was doing and like he was playing the games and stuff. And I, my, my stomach just 
felt again. I was trying to relive that moment, and then she was describing it. And it's like it wasn't like a jelly bean, you know. I know. And like you feel the paws you and could stuff. Feel its little feet. Oh like, man. Oh. And and the thing about it is that you know, we have the guards assuming that Humphrey raped her. Yes. And then we have Flocka assuming that he raped her. And it's somehow so much worse than that. Yeah, I mean, you think we assume that sexual abuse and rape is going to be the worst thing that could happen to you. And, you know, I mean, that's what I'm thinking is the worst thing that happened to Piscatella. But to me, somehow, this is worse. I think it's because it was a psychological rape. Yeah, and just there's nothing you could do. You know, they say everything's about sex except for sex because sex is about power. Mm -hmm. And especially with rape, rape is not about sex. It's about evoking power over another human being. And that's definitely what he was doing for her. And to the point where the other COs are starting to notice. Yeah, and even they're uncomfortable around him. But they don't want to risk throwing themselves under the bus with him. Or, you know, they're recognizing that Piscatella isn't going to hear anything they say because he's going to support what his, you know, guys do to a fault. Yeah. So, I mean, it's good and bad that they know Piscatella has their back. Yeah. That's true. You know, and this guy is just getting worse and worse. And, I mean, this season really painted a bad picture on the vets. Now, I mean, there's a lot of terrible things for vets. I mean, you have the 22 push-up challenge where vets are, it's for vet awareness because 22 vets are committing suicide every day. And this is kind of amplifying that by just showing them as only being messed up in the head. You know, we don't have really any good vets on the show. Yeah, I talked about this a little bit either last podcast or the podcast before that the portrayals of vets this season is very, very problematic. And a lot of them are pissed for good reason. Yeah, I mean, you know, later on when, you know, we've got uh, Dixon talking to Bailey and he's trying to kind of comfort Bailey and then he's talking about war and he's like, well, you know, war does stuff to you. Like eventually you'll get bored enough to make a village boy juggle live grenades and then talks about strangling a girl after he raped her and all this shit. And it's like, okay, no, no. Like this This is not particularly disturbed human being who just happens to be a vet yes and the way the show went especially with having humphrey who's just as bad in his own way oh humphrey's worse like it it just shows it just kind of makes it seem like they're all that way and you know you've got the girl who's reasonable and the other guy who's kind of reasonable stratton or something like that stratman but they still all have a hive mind yes and it's like, it, and it's perpetuating the idea that all vets will let the few bad vets do whatever they want just because they support each other, just because they're vets. It's like officers right now, really. Yeah, and I think that's what they were trying to do. I think the show was trying to critique, you know, hive mind and police brutality and all that stuff, but it didn't exactly work. No, and hopefully... You know, I'm not holding my breath or anything. You know, the vets get a better image next season if we still have vets. But, like I said, I'm not going to be holding my breath. But please, I think we're still going to have them. I think we're still going to have at least some of them. Yeah. I mean, I think we're still going to have Piscatella to a point. Yeah, I agree. 
And I think that we'll have the girl come back and we'll maybe have Coates is leaving, I know, but he wasn't a vet. No. So, um, I don't know. I think I think that the show has definitely heard the critiques from the vet community and I, I hope that they listen and, and make a change. But I mean we go back to Humphrey who you know, during these interviews and stuff, he's just bored. And I mean it goes back to Dixon, you're saying when you're bored, idle hands do the devil's work, essentially. And he causes a fight between the inmates. Particularly Suzanne, who has no interest in fighting. Yeah, no none. And but he as so, like seeing everyone in the room, I knew anyone who Suzanne ended up fighting was going to get beat down badly because we've seen how strong she is. Yeah. But what were you saying? Oh no, I was just gonna say you know we have he he starts picking on them. Mm-hmm. He picks on the the white supremacist girl. Yeah, who was oddly very sympathetic with everybody yeah. else. She's had a lot of moments where she backs off. Like, Jenny punches her in the face. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, 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 they're grieving. So, there's like a vein of humanity like, going I, through even the most offensive characters. I, I feel like she's Chapman or Piper to where she didn't understand what she was getting into. Oh, and she no. doesn't necessarily feel this way. She's too sympathetic. She was the first one to say white lives matter. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that was more of a comedy thing than anything. I think she believes these horrible things, but I also think she's all talk. I don't know. I, I think that I don't. I'm interested to know what her backstory is. Yeah, I think they'll show her. She's becoming, you know, increasingly more prevalent so i think they'll show it next season especially in these last episodes like when we had the racial groups to kind of trying to unite against mm-hmm. the co's she was the first one to kind of instigate it when she went and talked to the black girls yeah but i mean yeah. she doesn't even like using derogatory names whenever she's having conversations with them i mean obviously she still uses them but she tries not to and then when she doesn't everyone else looks at her and then she's like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and she'll say one of the words and so it's just interesting to me yeah. But I she think. clearly doesn't want to fight Suzanne. And no one else in the room wants to fight Suzanne until we get to Maureen. Well, playing some context for Maureen and Suzanne right now. <laughs> we have movie night. We have movie night, which, as I was telling you earlier, that scene was so uncomfortable for me. Like, it, it was uncomfortable for me because... Suzanne was so uncomfortable at first. Like, it was like she didn't know what to do or anything. And I was just like, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel during this. I think it made us all kind of remember our first times in a weird way. And if you had a completely 100% non-awkward first time, any listeners out there, good for you. <laughs> but as for us mere mortals... Um, you know, everybody kind of has that moment where they don't really know how to deal with it or Register. how to react. Yeah. What do I do with my hands? <laughs> I mean, then, like, her hands are just, like, in the air, and she's like, I think, yeah, no, this, okay. I... And then, you know, I, I just, I, it felt really ominous the whole time. Mm-hmm. Because Kakudio is just so crazy. Yes. But, you know, I, I understand why Suzanne did it because, you know, like she said, she's like, I'm afraid I'm never going to have a chance to be intimate with someone else again, which is so sad. 
Poor crazy eyes. And, uh, and even though I hate Cucudio, and even though it's sad what happened to Suzanne, because nobody likes to uh, get... Blue balls. What would you even call it? I'm just sticking with blue balls. Blue clit? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't what know. What do they call it? Blue legs. Blue legs. That's what they called it. Okay. And... Um, it was still awesome when, when she said, like, why, do, why did you stop? And Maureen is like, I wanted you to know what it felt like to be left in the middle of the woods. And I was like, oh. Savage. Get, burn. Call the fire department. We've got a fire. Apply ice immediately. Oh, man. But while this is going on during movie night, Tacey fought so hard to get Oz played. And it is not going over well. The whiz. Yeah. It's, uh... Now, I have to say, The Wiz, you know, it was a very important piece of cinema, but like a lot of old musical-esque movies, it has its silliness. I don't know why I'm calling it Oz, but yeah, definitely The Wiz. It happens in Oz. Okay. You know, points for points for <laughs> uh, setting. Yep. And, um, and, you know, we have the, the white group of people just being racist as hell. And, you know, we have that moment where Judy King doesn't come to the defense of her fake girlfriend. Doesn't come to the defense. She doesn't even come to the movie. Well, she walks in and walks immediately walks out. Yeah. So. It's like, well, this isn't the film I wanted to see. So, I mean, you know, there's there there's that issue. And, and I, I, I knew that once she was pushing for that to be shown, that that was going to be an issue. Oh, I mean, obviously. Yeah. And could... I mean, good for Caputo for letting it be played, but shame on Caputo for not trying to get a little bit more security or anything in there, not thinking of the repercussions that were going to come with it. And it yeah, just showed I think how he's much. He's got a lot on his mind. Yeah, but he's not. He's got a lot on his mind, but he's never thinking about anything. Like, That's like a perfect description of his problem. And it, he's picking the right battles, and he's not picking the right battles. And I mean, there's a lot, and hopefully, I think we'll get to it in due time. Yeah. Oh man, I had something I was gonna say. But oh, okay. Well, we see Judy King, and I really lost a lot of respect for. Her. Like, I mean, I did started off low on her, came high, and now we just see she is a hundred percent selfish. Well, I started to like her when, you know, they had that scene with Caputo where they were convincing him that they were a lesbian couple. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was hilarious. You know, they're like, oh, no, we uh, we are 100% in love and holding hands and stuff. And Caputo's like, well, if I don't see some PDA happening every time I see you, yeah, I'm going to come down on your ass so hard. And <laughs> so at that point, I, I was still loving her. But I think that the movie night was the beginning of the end for her character. Yes, I would think that, and but they even try to give her a little bit of love, you know, you to love her again when she talks to Poussey, and she's like, oh yeah, no, you've got a job, and this isn't the bullshit number I give to everybody, this is the direct line to my secretary and whatnot, and you're like, yes, yes, here we go. That it, scene made me happy, but it was, I also, it also tipped me off for well, what was eventually gonna, gonna happen, but anyway, um, yes, that was a nice moment. But then we have, you know, when when they're in lockdown after they find the body, she has the threesome with the loose check loose and yoga and yoga Jones and and though funny, also uncomfortable. 
completely uncomfortable because I was like, man, could we find three people I less likely want to see in a threesome? Like, I don't know if we could. Like, even on that show, I, I think we could have picked any three other characters. And I know a lot of people probably say, like, Boo and the uh, older Hispanic woman or, no, the older white woman who just kind of looks tan. I think I would have been more okay with that. Yeah, because, I mean, they at least... I mean, I don't know. They talk about it okay naturally. Like, Yoga Jones. Like, I just never wanted to imagine her having sex. Like, at no point in time. But it's it's funny because that scene ended up giving you, like, this amazing dolly shot of, like, Yoga Jones naked looking fucking traumatized. And then loose check on the ground with no pants, like, looking <laughs> fucking traumatized. And then there's Judy King in a bathrobe drinking coffee and reading a magazine like this is a normal Tuesday. Having the time of her life. Like, oh, man, I, I haven't slept like that in years. And it's just like, oh, Jesus, Judy, what is going on? And, and just later when, when Yoga Jones is like, I'm so depressed. I, she's like, oh, she's shut like, up. Oh, that's just because the Molly burned out all your serotonin. You'll be fine in like a month. <laughs> not only that, it's just like, here, have some of your seltzer water, you know. You'll be okay. And then Yoga Jones is just sitting there like, I've completely sold my soul to the devil. Like, And I, that's when she actually kind of comes back to her character because, you know, she starts telling Judy, this isn't okay, the privileges that we've had. And, like, especially when Judy, you know, after the whole issue goes down that we'll get to later, uh, they try to backtrack Judy's paperwork to make it seem like she got out earlier. Yeah, she got out the day before. Yeah, and... Yoga Jones is like, hey, you're a celebrity. You have a platform to tell the truth. You can do something. And Judy's like, I don't know. It was so fast. I don't know what happened. And she goes, yes, you do. And not only that, it was just like, she was like, well, technically I wasn't even here. And so, you know, that Judy is in a tough spot now. I truly believe she should say something. But I don't know the repercussions that happen if she says something when the prison says that she was already released. I think that that's going to be a big question next season mm -hmm. because, you know, she's on her way out right now when but, she gets caught. And up this all depends if mob. she gets out of prison. Well, she's on her way out when she gets caught up in that mob, but I think she's going to get out and maybe like it may take an episode or two, but I think she'll get out. I don't know and if she gets out. A big question I'm be will honest. be whether or not she says anything. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if she gets out. I think the biggest statement that can be made is her dying. When she was released the day before. Oh, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know. I mean, we've got more prisoners coming into the prison and everything. Like, Yeah, even more. There's a lot that can... I still think... I personally believe Judy's not going to make it out of the prison. Because no, I don't think they're going to do that. I think that they're going to let her out to see... And I think she's going to tell the truth. And that's going to be like a mid-season... Oh my god moment or something like that. I mean, That's going to be next season sticking up the body. Maybe, but I mean, her dying in prison I think serves the biggest purpose. But I, 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 would, I, I would strive to agree with you, but I don't think they'll do it. I don't know. I, I have faith in anything at this point. Because this show is, is on full tilt by the end of the season. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some things before we get to the ultimate sadness of all that is the show. But we also have Penn Kentucky, or Pennsylvania completely forgiving the uh, old guard. Uh, Coates. Yeah, Coates, who is no longer, or is quitting and everything. And that was an interesting scene. 
Well, it, it's kind of a couple episodes over the course of that happening. Well, yeah, I mean, this is we talked about it a little bit and how she almost lost her friendship with Boo and everything, was able to rehab that, but it was this episode where she 100% forgave him and actually kissed him. I think she's lonely. I think that got to her, but, you know, when he kind of beginning assaults her again... I think, you know, that's when she agrees that he doesn't need to be around her. <laughs> but yeah. she said, she said she'll miss him. And it's like, that's the thing about her character. Like, she's, because of the way she's lived her life, she's kind of okay with a lot of things that normal people wouldn't be okay with. Well, no, it wasn't being okay with it. You know, she absolutely 100% did the right thing in forgiving him. Because forgiving is not making anything okay or whatnot. Forgiveness is for yourself. And so and that's what she said. She said, I forgive him for me. Yeah. And that was the important thing. But she by no means was accepting or wanting it to happen again by how she was like, yeah, no, 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 you definitely need to go if you need to. And how messed up is a person if it takes everything in their whole being, like you said before we started this podcast, uh, if it takes everything in the whole being not to rape somebody? Like, what, yeah, what's going on in your head? wrong with you. Like, yeah, I guess good on you, buddy, for not raping her. But if you have to yeah. try that hard not to you got some issues yeah but also you know good on him for not looking for like a pat on the back or anything he's just like look you need to get away and so i mean (laughs) i really liked how that entire thing was done and i think think it was done as realistically as it could have been done and it's interesting that the truest words of christianity right now are coming from somebody who used christianity yeah. to gain fame on the outside when she didn't believe in any of it. And now that she's in prison, she's actually believing in, like, forgiveness and peace and love and all the things that she claimed to believe in before. It's fascinating. She might. She's one of the characters who is, and I think they even said it, is you're better for going to prison. Yeah, like, when, when we have, we finally have that moment where, you know, Nikki's d- detoxing, mm-hmm. and she ends up with Pensatucky. And she's throwing up in her little basket. This creepy little basket. And I mean, yeah, you know, good on her for making it. And always, she's always finding a way to better herself, realistically, in this show. But this is a creepy basket. Yeah, but, I mean, I just keep thinking it as something like a five-year-old made, and it makes it better. (laughs) Okay, yeah. And, I mean, sometimes you think she is a five-year-old. Well, she's got such a, like, a limited understanding of how to human correctly that it does kind of feel like she's growing up in a very basic way. Yes. And you know, when you see her with Nikki and this is finally when that line happens where Nikki's like, I think you're the only person that was ever better for having gone to prison. And that's definitely true. Absolutely. You know, when she's talking to boo later and she goes, I forgive him for me and you've got no right to be mad at him considering he didn't do anything to you. But I think boo does have a right to be mad. I know she does, yeah. but you know, no, later I, I, I know. Him to him and she says we're okay because she's okay. But if not, you know, I will blah, murder blah, blah, you. Blah. I will literally murder you. And I, I will like, end your life. <laughs> way to go, Boo. You know, and I didn't like Boo at the beginning, but you know, I'm really a big fan of Boo. There's she's, a lot of characters that I like now that I did not like before. That is very true, and I mean, oddly enough, you know, the, one of the main people was Pusey. You know, she became. My favorite character on this show. I don't know if we're ready. I, I don't know if it's time. <laughs> I mean, we've got a lot of different things going on. We've got even, you know, I said 
that uh, Caputo was picking the right battles, but not necessarily always. And one of the battles that he picked that was the correct one was Sophia. You know, he worked hard to get her out of prison. Or not out of prison, but out of uh, Matt. Yeah, um, you know, you see the sister getting herself into Max and then once she's or into the shoe and then once she's down there doing everything in her power to contact Sophia and then uh, one day when she's going to exercise they actually make contact <laughs> just like oh I've got corns I've got messed up back just you know any little thing she can do to spot her more time is like almost I was waiting for her to be like I have Tourette's and you know this is my trigger word <laughs> Sophia Sophia that was <laughs> that would have been great <laughs> And uh, she finally gets caught, you know, when she goes to the... Because they do talk to each other for yeah. about a second. Which was which was nice to actually hear some hope in Sophia's voice, because I really like that character. Um, but, you know, she finally gets found out when she goes to the shower and Wait. accidentally sneezes and out pops... <laughs> the cell phone. The cell phone. And I thought, oh God, it's over. But then Caputo finally does the right thing, even if it's not up front. Yeah. And, you know, takes a picture of Sophia and gives it to Danny. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love when he tells her, he goes, you should be careful with that. It was up a nun's vagina. <laughs> he's like, you could have watched. He's like, I didn't want to do anything with the microchip and stuff. And, like, Danny's, like, sitting there with napkins trying to figure out how he's going to do all this without touching it. And I thought and that then, was... So, you know, we have... Sends it to Crystal Verset, and Sophia finally gets put back into general population. And yet again, a shell of her former self. But we do have that really nice moment where Gloria scares all the uh, Latinas out of the salon Mm -hmm. and then puts uh, Sophia's wig back on. And gets her back into a nicer place. Yeah, like they go outside when she hasn't seen the sun in a long time. And we can add transphobic to all the phobias of the white group. Yep. Definitely. And just hearing them dog on her from a distance and stuff was just like, that was heartbreaking. Well, it was hard to watch because in every previous season, that's never really been terrible to her all the time, but she always fights back and she did it there. And like, I mean, it was an issue, but it wasn't always that big of an issue in the prison. But now it's like front and center. And I don't know how I'm feeling about that. Well, it's because it's kind of well. There's a lot of new people world right now. Yeah, but I mean, and this show is attacking a lot of those issues and stuff, and they're doing a good job with most of them. But I mean, it was just weird that you know we're four seasons in, and now it's actually a big thing, versus when it first came out. It kind of feels like. Did Did you ever see the movie Zootopia? No, no. I didn't. Okay, so Zootopia is a. Uh, basically social commentary with a side of cartoon well i mean there's a great thing i hate to give another youtube channel or something a shout out but the film theorist does a thing on how it's talking about racial issues through drugs in zootopia and how the predators are black people and the non-predators are white people trying to keep them down i mean that's definitely what it is and but there's this moment that's a little that goes a little sour. Like it does, it generally does a good job, and like I applaud them for trying to tackle it. But like Orange is the New Black, it takes on too many things and drops a couple balls. There's a moment where the bunny, the main character bunny, is talking to a, a predator, uh-huh. 
and the predator calls her cute. And she goes, oh, it's okay when other bunnies call each other cute, but it's not really okay when you do it. And it's like, I get it, but it was so, it was so on the nose and kind of awkwardly done and out of nowhere. Yeah. It, it, and it's kind of how, for example, like the whole vet thing is on Orange is the New Black. Like when, you, when you've got, when you're trying to take on every issue, you can't accurately depict all of them. Yeah. Sometimes you're just reaching for too much. You got to fight yeah. a few certain battles and hopefully you pick the right bigger ones. But at least Sophia is out. Yes. And seeing some sun and that made me happy. And can hopefully start to, have... to recover from yeah. the tragedy that has befallen her on this show. Like could at least we had literally one good thing happen. <laughs> uh Yes, yes, to an extent. Overall, this is a win. This is a very big win. Well, and, unless if you're a Alex and Piper shipper, yeah, you would consider that a win because they did get back together. They did. You were correct, even though I would say that you cheated and had already watched everything. But I would have thought so anyway. Uh-huh. I probably thought so. If I hadn't watched them all back to back to back, I would probably remember thinking so. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Anywho, I am glad that they are back together. They're, they're the couple that makes the most sense right now. They well, they really they're are. being, you know, they have that scene where they're talking about how they want to be boring old people in the prison and just mm-hmm. kind of stay under the radar. And and Piper's like, you know, a normal person again. Like Alex says this thing where she goes, "I missed you, not crazy power hungry you, but like this you." Yeah. And, and that- I think she's kind of reflecting all of us. Because we're all kind of like, I miss when Piper was tolerable. And I I really enjoyed the sandwich, you know, little aside, where they're sitting there trying to make their freedom sandwich because they missed uh, Shake Shack so much. And oh, they were just yeah, like, when they're trying to get the the um, Bailey. And that reminds yeah. you that Bailey was the one that was smuggling the panties because I completely forgot about that. Um, that reminds you that Bailey is still kind of under their thumb a little bit, except he asked for a hand job, and it's so funny. Like trying to determine who to give it again, because they're having the same exact conversation as they did previously. Yeah, about, like, who should. Mm-hmm. And, and I love how, you know, Alex is like, well, you actually kind of like them sometimes. And <laughs> Piper's like, yeah, but, like, I'm more sensitive. Like, you've had sex with men before, and Alex is like, yeah, but I hated it. <laughs> And uh, I, I have a question. Okay. Have you eaten at a Shake Shack? I have not. They're okay. mostly in, they're, I think they're only in New York. They're I all East Coast. very intrigued. They said potato bun? Yeah. Yeah, Shake Shack's famous for the potato bun. Is it a bun made out of potato? No, have you never heard of like potato bread and stuff before? No. Like, yeah, you can get it at the grocery store and stuff. It's a little bit softer. It's delicious. But does it have potato in it? I mean, I don't know. Because that sounds like a fabulous invention. And if it has not been made, somebody literally needs to make, like, two baked potatoes and then a burger in between, and then you just eat it like that. That sounds majestic. That sounds impossible. Like, you know, like, that would be so thick, the biting through potato and bland. You know what? I mean, if you did, like, a match. I'm dreaming here. I'm having a dream, and you're just stomping all over it. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you want to do, like, mashed potato, like, those potato cakes, 
like where you take leftover mashed potatoes and pan fry them. I could hop on board with that. Well, then, yeah, let's do that. Okay. But no, potato bun is a real thing. It's a little bit softer than regular bread and everything. Delicious. Okay. Wow. But yeah. Anywho, as we steamroll past that, you know, we're talking about Bailey and we get his backstory. Oh, which, Bailey. Was, oh, little, little Bales. Were you Bales a little, of hay. Were you a little confused that we got a guard's backstory at first? At first, not after what and, happens. And I mean, he's just painted as, you know, your average white person, you know, gets to make mistakes and yeah and the cops screw with him before they let him go yeah i mean it was pretty much exactly what you would imagine his life being and he has like the traditional good boy response where he's like trying to get himself in trouble mm-hmm. and uh that was cute and yeah. funny and then you know we see him on the water tower where they're doing things any normal teenager would do and uh you know we have that moment where they're egging houses I mean, I would call his life 100% average. Yes. You know, in the terms of his surroundings. Yes. And that makes you just want to be like, okay, you know, he's just not a bad guy. He's just, he had a few unfortunate bounces. And they've landed. Go ahead. And they've landed him in a worse spot every time. And. This is, unfortunately, just another unfortunate bounce. I think that, you know, he's a very middle America dude. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we see him working at, like, an ice cream stand. So, clearly, he's the kind of person who will probably bounce around from... Walmart, Target. ...forever. Yeah. And so that's how we ended up here. But, you know, we have that moment where Caputo's talking to him, and Caputo's like, you're too nice for this. And this is where you're, you get a sinking feeling in your stomach, like, this is going to leave. Yeah. Happen. Yeah. At least it did for me. Well, because Bailey was not okay with the way Piscatello was acting. Yeah, he even told him about, the, he told Caputo about the fight. And that's when Caputo was prompted to say that to mm-hmm. Bailey. And, like, as you were saying, like, he just talks to Bailey, like, look, get out of here, you know. I thought he was going to fire him on the spot and just be like, hey, you know, this sucks now, but in the long run, I'm doing you a favor. And I really wish that that would have ended up happening, as I'm sure everybody else does. Because he would have done him a favor. But, like, even before then, you know, you have Bailey, you know, with all the other guards, when Caputo tries to essentially fire, uh, man, we've said his name like three times. What's the guard that we don't like? Starts with an H, Humphrey? I think. Yeah, Humphrey, where he's trying to suspend Humphrey, and I think ultimately fire him, but... That's, and if only he'd known Humphrey bought a freaking gun to work, but whatever. Like, Piscatella ends up going to bat for him. Like, as we said, you know, for better or worse, he's going to bat for his men. And he, he successfully, at that moment, you know, backs up against Caputo, maybe not later, mm-hmm. but at that moment, you know, like you said, we realize that even against logic, which I think he understands and feels somewhere inside, he will stick with the decisions of his men because yep. he doesn't consider the inmates to be humans. And this was yet again, another moment of the beginning of the end. Which yes. is weird that you have about 17 different beginnings of the end. 
it was just a hard hitting four episode just sadness. Yep. And so as we start rolling into it, we're in the cafeteria to <sighs> where Red is just Red's done. Like she can't <laughs> even so much. can't even stand anymore, you know, trying to catch Z's anywhere that she can. And Piscatello finds her in her office and drags her out of the thing and is trying to get her to go to work or do anything just so he can torture her a little bit longer. Well, I appreciated it because, you know, there will be a lot of, uh, for example, Piper. Yeah. Piper looks like she's not wearing any makeup, right? Mm-hmm. Wrong. She's wearing makeup. <laughs> she's wearing makeup to make her look like she's not wearing makeup. Red, the actress. Yeah was not wearing makeup you know how i know because she was shiny as hell okay so <laughs> i i appreciated that because i just imagined that actress coming into work that day and uh they're like she gets in the makeup chair and they're like nope <laughs> see ya go back out there all your flaws out for the world to see yeah and she is looking rough yeah i mean i think any of us would be looking rough after something like what 30 hours yeah i mean she looks like an old russian lady who has drank too much vodka and smoked too much too many cigarettes which it doesn't you know she doesn't look like when she's done her whole Mm -mm. you know shebang and like even earlier in these episodes you know she talks about how she needs to put her face on and you know i just thought that was a little funny thing that they put in there and now it actually kind of makes a little bit more sense and I don't know if you've noticed this. Have you noticed the her very signature way that she wears her eyeliner? Mm-hmm. I just, every time she does it, I'm just like, that's so neat. And nobody <laughs> would ever be able to pull that off but her. But, and Piscatella gets her out in front of everybody. And we start to see that the other inmates aren't really happy. Because Red is somehow respected by everybody in the prison. Yeah. Well, because she, she holds... She's respectful, yeah. I think. Like, she will, she takes no shit, but she also doesn't really dole it out if she doesn't have to. And, you know, early, you know, later on we see her have a lot of respect for, like, you know, the grieving black family and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And she cares a lot for her own people and she wants to kind of keep her hands clean. So I think people respect someone who holds power fairly. Yeah. So when he starts treating her that way... And, you know, we've had all these racial tensions boiling up because we had all the groups try to come together and then that failed. Mm-hmm. But everybody's kind of, and then, you know, we have people I think wondering that, whether or not peaceful protests are the way and that causes like a rift between Soso and Pusey, you know, and, and, uh, and, and so everybody's kind of feeling resentful. Just, yeah. And this was just the last straw. And I think a big reason that that meeting failed was because Red was so out of her element, just being so tired and just not caring as much as she wanted to. I think that... I can agree with that. She wasn't she wasn't there to expertly turn the situation to her favor. Yeah, yeah. and I think that played a big part in it failing. Yeah, but I agree. As we see I... her getting dragged out and everything, the first people to stand up for aren't who you necessarily expect. No, you're right. Well, we always knew Flores was going to get back up on that table. <laughs> I really didn't think so. I didn't see a point or reason for it, but Flores found a reason for it. And I'm really happy that she did. 
Well, and then we got Piper immediately getting back on there as well, which, like I said, you kind of like her a little bit by the end. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely all in on Piper at this point. Yeah, and you're like, okay, you figured it out, you quit. And the show does a great job of making you like and dislike people at certain points in the show. When it wants you to. Yes, I mean, they're great job done writing for all of that. And then we've got, you know, every everybody standing up. Slowly. Like, they start trinkling in and stuff. And it was just Flores and Piper standing up there by themselves for a little bit until everyone else started to take notice. And I knew. I knew. I knew it was going to happen. But I even. Why, I knew it was going to happen. Why? Because Soso and Pusey talked about their future together and made really nice plans, and then everything was really hopeful for Pusey, and then Pusey and Soso look at each other and have this forgiveness moment, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> Shh, no. And, I mean, it all gets escalated because Piscatella was just Piscatella by the end of it. You know, they say, you know, we're just doing nothing, we're not doing anything wrong, we're having a peaceful protest, all we want, you don't need backup, you need to quit. You yeah, don't need that's more all they people. Wanted. They said we're not going to get down off this table until you resign. Yeah, and it was just interesting. It was like you don't need more people. You just need less. You need not you, and we'll get down peacefully and stuff. And he starts ordering the other COs to rip them off the table and stuff. And, and as that's going on, you know, this is Suzanne, who's been in a very fragile mental state after her big old fight with Maureen, kind of flips her lid a little bit and uh, attacks Bailey who was trying to restrain Tasty. Which is just crazy because Crazy Eyes is kind of responsible for two deaths. You know, the little boy and Poussey in a way. Because, I mean, if she's not attacking Bailey, then he's going to be more aware and everything. You know, his his entire body's weight isn't going to be on Poussey. Now, Bailey definitely did kill Poussey, and it is his fault, but in an off way, Crazy Eyes played is the main role in it. Yeah, but Poussey stepped in to stop Suzanne. Oh, absolutely. Because she's she the only tackle. person that can control her. Poussey's the main person that controls her. Tasty to an extent, but it's mostly Poussey. Yeah. Why don't, why don't you tell us how sad you were? I was in complete meltdown. I was I was legitimately crying. And Me too. I don't know if I've ever been that sad in my life. Just because of how much I had grown to like her, how much she had evolved, how much uh, they really built her character. And unfortunately for what they were trying to do, I don't think that they could have killed off anybody else. Like it either had to be her or Tasty. But even Tacey, you don't believe, has that kind of potential outside of prison. Well, I I knew you'd watched it because you just called me and all you said was, I'm not ready. I wasn't <laughs> ready. And uh, I said, I hate to break it to you, but the next episode just adds insult to injury. And you didn't think it could get worse than Tacey literally scream crying next to her best friend. Oh, man, that was... That was extremely difficult to watch. And great job by uh, Danielle Brooks, the actress. Yeah. For just being able to go 100% raw. Well, it was it was just that whole sequence was so confusing and tough and shot really well. Because 
you know, it really did give you a sense that while she was suffocating, it was such chaos that nobody knew. Yeah, no one realized what was going on. And I mean, I, I saw Game of Thrones before I saw this episode, and I was one of the things I was patting Game of Thrones on the back for was Jon Snow's, you know, almost exactly. suffocating, you know suffocating you know when there's all this oxygen and stuff around you you know nothing's holding you down or anything but there's just no air down there as it's he's like being drowning trampled. in two inches of water yeah or yeah i mean pretty much that and like you see the fear in his eyes and stuff but the problem was i never thought he was going to die but as soon as Pusey started choking and stuff i knew she was going to die and like you just start slowly see her change colors her voice gets weaker it's like i can't get off and you're just like oh man that was one of the hardest things i've watched as soon as she said i can't breathe Mm -hmm. i knew she was dead because it it mirrored the murder Mm -hmm. you know of that black man eric gardner i believe who was also asphyxiated yeah and i knew i mean you knew they were trying to hit they were trying to hit a nail And and they did because, you know, the, the, the whole thing with, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and all that is just like, stop killing us. Yeah. Stop making it okay for us to die. And that's the big commentary of the last episode because we've got MCC trying to find a way to spin it by lying. By making it okay. They go, okay, well, is she a violent offender? No, she's not. Okay, well, she might have had a weapon. It was confusing. Maybe we could mm. get someone to say it. Okay, well, that's not true. Uh, all right, well, let's make it a, a horrible tragedy and blame the CEO. Yeah, and even, but like even while they're trying to blame Pusey, Kuputo's like, she's 90 pounds. She's nothing. She's not a violent criminal. She, like, there's no way that this is her fault. Yeah, she had a gram of weed in her pocket. That's what she got picked up for. And there was just, and they're like... Well, if you're not going to help us, you should probably just leave and we'll brief you. And, I mean, it's just the fact that at no point in time they Caputo call the police or try to call them out on anything. It was where I hurt and lost, or Caputo was lost on me. Well, and then Pusey's body Lay laying there. on the cafeteria floor for like 24 hours. It was a long time, you know. Like... They're so determined. It was about 12 hours, I would say. Yeah, they're so determined to pick their timing that they just let her sit there. Dead, in the middle, for anyone to have gone back and seen. And then the worst part was, you know, when the cooking crew comes in and she's still there. And the co- then the, the guards are like, oh god, she's still there? Yeah, and no one knew. It was like, how did nobody know? Oh man, it was... It and then, awful. like I said, the last episode was so rough because we get those flashbacks. And, like, when... just how happy Pusey is and, like, free and caring. And it's like, man, this is still who she is in prison. Like, I mean, how has she not lost this? And she has this, you know, wonderful night where she has, like, an American adventure. Yeah. I you mean... know, she gets lost and she ends up talking to, you know, the, the what is it, the Crimson Tide, I think is the name of that <laughs> drag queen. And she goes to this club, and, uh, and, you know, people kiss and share and eat, and, you know, it's it, it's odd, but yeah. it's also lovely. Yeah, she gets separated from her friends, she ends up meeting the 
fake monks. Fake monks, and they smoke together, and they talk about life. And just so much beautifulness. And, like, even the closing shot of just her smiling. Breaking the fourth wall, looking at you. It's like, even though she's smiling, and I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about it. Even though she's smiling, it's like she's daring the audience to say that she's not a person. Mm -hmm. Like, I dare you to have just seen what you saw and say that I deserved what happened. Yeah. It's like the most beautiful, subtle, intricate way they could have commented on, like, the social tensions happening in the world right now that I think the show could have done, and I applaud them for that. I, I can't get over how well done that entire 10th episode was, even though how 13th. difficult. Oh, 13th, yeah, I don't know why I said 10th. But, man, that the whole end sequence and just, like, how they were splitting back and forth from the flashbacks and stuff. Well, the thing that was so interesting is, you know, so backtracking a little bit, four things kind of really, really happened in that episode. You know, they're not saying anything. Mm -hmm. And then we've also got Bailey who, you know, there's that horrible part where he goes, is she going to be okay? Yeah. He doesn't even know she's dead. And he is a wreck. Like (sighs) nobody could torture him more than he's torturing himself. No. And then MCC goes and tries to make it seem like he violently killed her, which didn't happen. No. Yeah, I mean, like, they're bringing up his Rambo Christmas or Halloween photo and stuff, and it's just like, how ridiculous are y'all going to get? And then, you know, when Caputo, like, Tasty's been trying to get Caputo to call people all day, and he does end up calling Pusey's father, but not until, like... Not until it's too late. Way late. Yeah, not until it's too late. And then he, he, he has the press conference, and there's nothing he could have said that was right. No. For everyone. Like, I agree that he shouldn't have hurt <laughs> Bailey and said all those things about him, and I agree that he said he wasn't trained, because he really wasn't. No. He was a nice kid who didn't know what he was doing, but... But, but he didn't call it murder. No. This... And he didn't call it what it was. And he didn't tell the whole truth. And that's why Tasty loses her mind. The problem is the system failed Bailey. That, the system truly failed Bailey. And then, the system failed both of them. Yeah, it failed a lot of people in the show. But for like this instance, like it failed Hussein in the fact that she's in prison for a minor crime. And then it failed Bailey because it didn't allow him to be trained properly to do these situations. And he was easily manipulated by the more experienced guards, which can happen anywhere. But he still murdered her, and he still has to be punished for that. And he isn't. And then Caputo kind of has this whole deal about, you know, everybody thinks that since it's a minimum security women's prison, we don't have any problems. And that was he, a weird And he kind of picks a weird moment to feel bad for himself. Yeah, that, that was a weird argument that he was trying to make. I didn't really like that at all. I don't think we're supposed to. I think, you know, he's trying to stand by his men. Mm-hmm. He just did it badly. It was, it was like I said, he's picking some battles, some right, and, like, he was doing the right thing by sticking by his men, but he didn't do it in the right way. He should have said, you know, the system failed Bailey. He was not adequately trained, and that led to the accidental murder yeah. of Pusey Washington. And but he made it seem like, oh, it was this big mistake. 
we failed this man, therefore the murder was just, oh, the, uh, you know, the accident, just accident, happened. Unfortunate accident. Yes. And good on Tasty for sneaking and still listening to this. You know, I don't know how she pulled it off. I guess there's just too much chaos for anyone to go check the next room as there's an interview with cameras. But um, especially after they tried to lock it down and no one decides to check the next room. I know, God. But That's so something MCC would do, though. Yeah, but I mean, before like we finish this, uh, we realized Linda really has never been in a prison, never had anything to do with it. And this is her first time in a prison. Well, yeah, because he says, like, he tells, asks her, have you ever been in a prison before? And she goes, I never felt the need. And boy, did she pick the wrong time to go to a prison. The worst day, like, we thought the worst day ever was the end of last season. Yeah. No, no. It's today. And so, like, and she's, you know, in the prison at this point in time, she's just in the bathroom checking her phone. And I think this phone is very important. And, uh. Why do you think that? Well, I, I think that the inmates are going to get a hold of it somehow. And Did she drop it? I, I think she has it, like, during the thing when the riot breaks out. I'm pretty sure yeah. she's holding on to it. And the phone call's going to get made, or, uh, fa- like, some type of Facebook or something is going to happen. Somehow the truth is going to hit the yes. media. Somehow. And I think it's going to be through Linda's phone. But... Before and but Linda, you know, is finally in this prison and everything, and I, if she survives, which I think she probably will end up surviving, do you think this changes her at all? I think it'll just make her worse. Really? Honestly, I think it's just gonna make her think that oh yeah, no, these are animals. Let's treat them as such, and I think. When we have even more inmates come in and she doesn't care, that's going to create the rift between her and Caputo. I mean, I think the rift between her and Caputo is already there because Caputo... Well, the final rift. Caputo just had sex. And Linda did not. You know, you know, he had sex with the old, with the old warden who he went and apologized to before he gave the speech. Did that happen? Oh, there's bite marks. Oh, I didn't notice those either. Oh, yeah. Because I, I, I remember thinking it was odd that they ended that scene without them having sex. And I was like, they're going to have sex. Nope. Especially because, you know, he goes to her and apologizes and is like, she's like, oh, they broke you too. Oh, yeah. Well, and then the Caputo realized that he's like, yeah, they're bringing in more inmates. He's like, yeah, they already brought them in. It's terrible. No, they're bringing in more. And he's like, oh, God. Like how? And like, she's just like, come on, have a drink, have a drink. You know, we'll talk about this, but I find it interesting that she's still more informed than Caputo is in this entire situation. Yeah. But, you know, that's all going to be for next season and stuff. And maybe we'll end up having another podcast about theories and going into next year. But, you know, Tasty goes around and starts yelling at everybody, like, hold on, everyone rally. They're not even charging this kid. They're not calling it murder. There's not anything like group up. And it's interesting because I, so, you know, everybody, some people are using it as an excuse, some people believe in it, but everybody gets involved in some way or another because we've got Piper and Alex. Alex is trying to put all these little notes around the prison because she feels bad about Aiden. Mm-hmm. And just as they finish that, the uh, the girls see them lighting a fire and think that it's part of the riot. Yeah, they just immediately kick the can. It's like, yeah. yeah, riot, burn it down. 
and then we've got, you know, these shots to the people looking at what's happening. You know, we've got Aleda, who's out now, mm-hmm. seeing that a young girl was killed. And, of course, she thinks it's Daya because they're not releasing the name. And Aleda's story was also interesting. But... Uh, being picked up by Cesar's Cesar, other yeah. girlfriend <laughs> who had his kid who is now cheating on him with someone else. And she's mad about it. And that... That was a whole deal. Yeah, and that, that was definitely a, a deal. But, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing that. We're seeing Healy, who checks himself into a psych, his own psych ward mm-hmm. after he fails Lolly. He sees it. And, um, and it's all leading up to this riot that happens, and Humphrey brought that gun in, and when they kind of round up the COs, he drops the gun, and who happens to pick it up but Daya. Yeah, and I didn't like that she ended up getting it or anything. I I thought she was going to immediately hand it off or something, but... It felt random, but I appreciated the randomness of it. Yeah. Because it made it feel real. That it just randomly went to her, and then Maria's like, why don't you give that to someone who's, you know, handled one before? And Daya, wanting to be tough, wanting to fit in, wanting to take care of herself, says, no, I'm going to do it, and then it kind of ends on... All the girls cheering her on to shoot him in this like spiral shot of we don't know what she's gonna do. I think there's I don't think there's a chance in hell she doesn't kill him. Well, I mean, she says like y'all COs, y'all fucking COs, you're pieces of shit. Yeah. And I don't. I think there's a a, a big part of her that like doesn't want to kill them just because she's afraid. But I agree with you. I think it's gonna happen. Yeah, I just don't see how she doesn't kill him. You know, there's too much peer pressure in this instance. And And then we go from this just kind of scene of pure chaos and then immediately smash into Poussey, the last shot of the season, Mm -hmm. with that just, like, peaceful, happy... Serenity. Yeah, and it it just, it, it just, it's like the loss of this beautiful life is leading to all this hate and this chaos. And that's how it usually happens. You know, I mean, something so innocent and... Well, I mean, I guess in this instance, she's not innocent because she is broke the laws in prison. But something but, that's you know, pure and beautiful always yeah. is going to lead to such disgust and anger in these riots. And it's hard to fault them for wanting to riot. Especially with how it's being pinned down. I mean, I remember thinking while they were doing that that I would probably be with them. Well, I mean, because I you, know you know you see some of the inmates kind of like not interested. No, but I mean, by the end, like every inmate's there. I mean, there's just no way you're in that prison and you're not going to go riot. It's just not possible. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I I I feel like they. Uh, Excuse my pun, but I feel like they're going to begin the next season with a bang. (laughs) (laughs) I really hope so. I don't see a different way. Unless they start off with a flashback or something. I think we're going to do exactly what we did this year and start up right where we left off. Yep. And, you know, we're going right back into these um, transitions. And so I'm excited to see how they do that. But... As of right now, I can't really think of anything else that we need to hit on for these four episodes. You? Uh, I mean, no, I think 
all the major this is just so much but you know the big point is the commentary on the current social climate yeah and i think that we've paid homage to the way in which they handled that absolutely well guys and gals go ahead and please hit us up on facebook twitter or email us at bleed tv podcast at gmail facebook and twitter's bleed tv podcast you know leave a comment under one of the links and just kind of let us know your thoughts and everything because we'd love to hear them and talk to you all about them because i mean y'all are the reason why we're doing this and it's just great to have these discussions and these are issues that need to be touched on and what better way amongst friends to discuss them and that's pretty much all i can think of so for right now i bleed tv i'm cash and i'm larissa see y'all later Like no totally totally Stop Don't talk to me Loser lame ass wanna be oh, totally totally Stop Don't talk to me Loser lame ass wanna be like oh, totally Like totally